Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome back, Carrie Sliving. Welcome back to the podcast. Another explosive week on The Boys, Season 2, Episode 5. Here with Zerb, VL, B-Side, Quick Hitter, contact information, vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com and vicariouslivingpodcast on the Instagram. Go there for all of our swag. Okay, Zerb, where do we start? Maeve? Sure, yeah. Let's start with Maeve because that's how the episode actually does start. And it's one of those, um, it's like they're, they're filming a movie. It starts off, you're you're the audience of the movie. And right. Yeah. And this is how they're leaning into her being gay. (laughs) Is, is, they're just like, all right, well, fuck Homelander outed her on Maria Menudo's show. So now we just got to make like this, a storyline in the next big Hollywood movie. Yeah, it, it's just another one of the things that the boys are so good at poking fun at is just the whole Hollywood slash corporate America, the way that they do everything in a sample group tested kind of focus grouped way. And none of it ever feels like genuine at all. And everything in the, that they're doing in the filming, but like it's all hilariously bad. And then when she's getting pitched like, how they're going to spin her character off in her solo movies and and even in private life with her girlfriend, like how they're gonna, how they need to make it like one of them needs to be the more butch one and everything because America has an easier way of accepting that. Like the whole thing is just so great how they just make fun of the way that that's how that would actually probably be handled behind the scenes. It's just so funny. It's so contrived and it, it's yeah when they're like. Yeah, you're gonna. We're gonna have uh, Elena, who's Maeve's girlfriend. You're gonna wear the suit, obviously, just like Ellen DeGeneres and uh, Portia. Yeah, I was initially confused though. Why, just because they're superheroes, does this mean that they all have to be in movies and stuff? Like, what what of them being superheroes makes them good actors? Just hire actors to play them in movies. But then I then I like quickly check myself and I'm like, oh wait, isn't this exactly what LeBron James is doing with like Space Jam? is he's like gotta be an actor even more than that though i i feel like it's almost the reverse side of it that like in this world like they are they're basically even though they have superpowers their profession is acting like they're all and even when they're out there fighting crime it's like produced and they're more than fighting crime because that's easy they've got superpowers and they're mostly invincible like pretty much what their job is, is being good at giving interviews and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And like, and playing whatever their character, their superhero character is. But yeah, I did, I do think it is kind of funny to your point more. That's like, if superheroes would re- were real, like would people care to go see a, a scripted, like fake version of them fighting crime when they're out there fighting crime for real. It's like, and eh, people go to war movies. Yeah. And people go to just like detective movies. So I guess so. <laughs> I guess it makes sense. Yeah, I, it makes sense how much they like license their likeness across oh, sure. the whole board. I mean, even when Butcher was like walking into that uh, store and it's like every big cardboard cutout, like 
uh, end cap display in the store is a big cardboard cutout of the soups. And then like every, you know, every cliff bar box has like a yeah. picture of a train. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how it would go. In the first season, right after like the, in the pilot or right after the pilot, Huey can't avoid a train products the whole time. Yeah. Like going to the corner store and there's like a train ale or a train lager or whatever. And like <laughs> yeah. Every, every single thing. And that's again, definitely how it would be. So speaking of a train, we should just say that they are like wanting him essentially out of the seven. They're like force retiring him. Right. Because he's not like, he can't do his superpower anymore. Basically without giving himself a heart attack because he got addicted to drugs. So, AKA compound V. Explain why is it that he's the only one that needs the juice continually to maintain his powers, yet everyone else doesn't need to keep taking compound V to, to have their powers intact? So I don't think he needs to. I think it, what it does is it's like a PED. Like it's supposed to, in that way, exactly mirror steroids, where it's like it gives you a short term boost but long term it makes you deteriorate and you become dependent on it and like your joints and your bones get weaker and all this stuff so i think that that is the thing there is like he none of them need it but he needs to he felt he needed the extra bump and then kind of got addicted or whatever but they also if you kind of notice in there i mean the anyone's shelf life on the seven is besides homelanders is theoretically limited like they mentioned that he he's just the latest. There's always the world's fastest man is in the seven basically. And so he's just the latest. And they say something like you lasted four years longer than Mr. Marathon. Mm, so I guess yeah. you have four. like, so I think it's just, there is a shelf life to it. And he was trying to extend his shelf life by using steroids. Yeah, there you're right. There is like a high turnover rate in the seven. Cause we've only, this is only season two of the show and we've already had translucent has been axed because he got murdered. They're kicking a train out essentially, and they brought Stormfront in. The deep was the other one who got the deep. Bumped. Yeah, that's right. The deep has been exiled. So yeah, there is a pretty high turnover rate just over the course of one year, where like three of the seven have been have had some turnover. I did love the again in terms of the uh, just the the writing poking fun at movies especially superhero movies like his little farewell speech they give if you want to drop it in there where he's just like says eight different cliches about how i just can't keep running i just got to stay here for a while <laughs> you know the truth is i'm running my whole life i think it's time that i stay put for a while it's time i went home i know this is dawn of the seven sunset on atrium it's been a good run Cut! yep <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what they would write <laughs> yeah it, it's i felt bad for him because <laughs> there is nothing it, it's kind of like an athlete who's being and this is how most athletes do retire it's not like yeah, I just decided to hang it up, Derek Jeter style. And on my last hit, I went out there and I hit a game-running home run on my last hit and then hung it up. Or like Kobe Bryant scoring 61 in his final game. It's usually just like injuries. I have plagued me. I'm slowing down. I'm now averaging 13 points a game. Last year, I was only averaging 18. 
Whereas right. my whole career, I was averaging 25. And now, yeah. like... Maybe, maybe next year, I'll come off the bench for the Blazers. Yeah. Carmelo style. Yeah. It's, and I think that's how most of the time it goes, where it's like, yeah. dude... And even, even with someone like Peyton Manning, where I think he wanted to come he back did. and he had no, he, just... He, Won a well, Super he got Bowl. to go out on a Super Bowl, but yeah, yeah, he he won a Super Bowl with a really good defense, and he was just not good anymore. Yeah, and they were like, "No, we're good. We're just yeah, we're not gonna even offer you a contract. So yeah. just have, retire. How about retire? <laughs> um, we should just getting into the deep. He's going through like a massive PR makeover with this like Scientology religion thing. The church and, of the collective. And there's a couple clips where I'll I'll find one to just drop in. Maybe maybe I'll put that PSA one in because that PSA that he was in on Hey like, dude, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to be angry, insecure, and unsure. But thanks to the Church of the Collective, I now know the kind of man I want to be. The kind of man who calls out injustice when he sees it. Stop. Hey dude, that's not cool kind of man who stands up for what's right come on guys knock it off the kind of man who sees the potential in all of us so join us at the church of the collective his rehabilitation like for the audience and for america is just it is so spot on of like what happens when you've been canceled for whatever reason like whether it's you got me too'd or you did like you did something bad you've mm-hmm. been canceled and then you kind of have to go on this like i'm rehabilitated i'm i'm apologizing i'm on this apology tour i went to rehab for women beating yeah, women yeah apology tour for sure and the, he's now on it <laughs> it's like, and it's his his new like fake wife being like look we all know Kevin's had some issues. His name's Kevin. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and then that interview was hilarious too. And it ended with, she does this whole thing, building him up and complimenting him. He just goes, she's just saying that because I make her breakfast in bed. <laughs> yeah, I know. I make French toast for her in bed. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it was so hilarious. I, I swear that guy is like the permanent comic relief in this show. Yeah. Like he's always providing just that like little relief between all the heavy of butcher and Homelander and all the, all the shit. And then you just go to the deep and I just start cracking up every time he's on screen. And uh, this gets, this is getting both ahead, but also going back to how we're saying this is like the table setting part still. Cause I feel like, I feel like I kind of can now I've got my theories about where it's going a little bit more, but at the end of it, Maeve shows up to talk to him and we can get to that. But he thinks she's coming to this thing because she has he she's interested in joining the Church of the Collective, and she goes, oh, "Fuck no." He goes, uh, "Okay, okay." Yeah. <laughs> it's just reaction to that. It's like, "Oh yeah, right, okay." It's just so good. Everything yeah. he does is hilarious. I yeah. So Maeve is like, she is so pissed at Homelander because he like outed her and he's ruining her life and everything. And so now she, this is like, dude, by the way, I feel like we predicted it. We said that there's going to be some sort of standoff between Maeve and Homelander. And it seems like we're heading that way. Like, yeah, I've got lots to say about it. But I say, I feel like we need to cover the Homelander Stormfront storyline first. 
because that's the other there's, there's Homelander Stormfront storyline and then there's also what the boys are doing that we haven't talked about. So do we think though that Maeve is going to meet up with that she's going to meet up with the boys? So I think that eventually maybe at the very end of the season like that's the kind of a tease going into next season is that there really is like a superhero contingent like good guy superhero contingent that are with the boys against the bad guy superhero contingent. Um, right now, I think it's more setting up that here, I'll back up a little bit. I do think that we got some answers to some of the questions I've been asking or like things I hope we're hoping that they're going to flesh out a little bit more in terms of why Homelander gives a fuck about like anything that Gus Fring, Mr. Edgar is saying, or like why he, listens to anyone or does anything why is that because i still don't know i think and they kind of got it a little bit last episode and then i thought they really drove it home this episode is that he has just a like pathological one of his mental issues is he has like a pathological need to be liked like need for approval yeah so he really doesn't want to go full villain to the whole world he wants the adoration of the masses he wants the people to to worship him like a god so mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be the bad guy. So when he sees his approval, like they're, they're constantly talking in this episode about his approval numbers. Yeah. They, they slip nine points because he, there's a video of him committing a war crime basically. And so like he's, that's his whole storyline is he's trying to figure out how to get that back. And he ends up going to Stormfront for the help. And that's how those two are coming together. But so I think that as of right now, Maeve's plan is to kind of create a, a coalition against him and uh, and somehow expose him for all of the evil shit that he's done so that he doesn't have his approval rating anymore. He has to get kicked out of the seven or whatever it is to actually, like, I don't think she's currently planning on like physically taking him down. I think it's more of a taking his reputation down thing. I Yeah, that's probably a better play because yeah, she's never going to physically take him down. So maybe... I still think he's going to kill her. <laughs> I still think she. He, there's going to be some physical standoff and he's going to yeah. kill her. But I don't think it's going to happen this season. I hope not um, because, again, I love Maeve so much. She even had this cool line where she was ta- – like when she was re- getting really fed up and she was talking about like making this coalition that you're talking about against Homelander and she says this line. What are we going to do? We're going to take that motherfucker down. And I was like, oh, fucking God, that would be so amazing if she did. I know she won't, but it would be amazing if she did. But right now, we know she, she already went to the deep. She's got him. She's offering to like help him re- rehabilitate in exchange for something, which is obviously going to be tied to whatever she's planning against Homelander. She yep. definitely somewhat, I think it's pretty obvious she knows she can get Starlight on her side. I think so. And then now that they're kicking A-Train to the she curb. She can get him, yep. And that I think that's the biggest thing that I came away theory-wise from this is that A-Train is going to have some sort of evidence or, or go on the record or do something saying that he ran the Compound V around the world, the super terrorists, on Homelander's orders. Because mm-hmm. that, be, that would be the ultimate way to take down Homelander. Essentially, it's going to be Homelander... Stormfront and then Black Noir, who Black Noir is kind of just like a, a Homelander and, and Vought's bitch. Like he literally, he doesn't speak and he looks like he's like a drone robot who just, he does whatever yeah. they say. 
I did want to bring that up too. That I honestly, because I know that we've talked before about how like these are all supposed to be like twisted versions of existing ones, and his closest thing uh, pretty much is Batman. But I there's know. really not a lot of Batman to him at all. I know he's, he's dressed somewhat like Batman, but not completely like him, and he does like some detective stuff like Batman does, but. I don't see very many connections to Batman. That's that's an aside. But no, yeah. that's yeah, that's a separate thing. But I I do. He is a company man, though. He is working straight for Gus Fring. So I'm I'm yeah, I'm interested to see if he if that's kind of that's definitely the way it is shaping out. That that could be a twist potentially down the road. Who knows where he goes? But it's definitely looking like Homelander and Stormfront are going to be kind of doing their alt right thing, being the bad guys. Yeah, for sure. It's it's uh, yeah, but that's the thing is that they're those two are so powerful that like they don't need the numbers as much. If it's like a physical thing, they'll just shred the other. They'll they'll shred Maeve and everyone else. Even if the even if Starlight like gets the boys and 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 they literally have everyone against Homelander and Stormfront, they're still gonna crush them. So yeah, to your point, it's gonna have to be like they take them down in the public. That's that's their out. It's got to start there and then, but then again, and that's what's compared to the normal dynamic in a superhero movie or show is that once it comes down to the fight, there's really no way to see how the good guys win. No, there's really like, it just kind of seems impossible. So it's, they can't keep dancing around that for too much longer. And this is goes to your point about me. I I think Homelander's got to kill one of the main characters pretty soon. Uh, it's gonna suck. It's what, by the way, complete zag here. But I was just, I kept thinking about this with Stormfront. I am getting Michael Sarah vibes from her face, just her face. Mm. And I think what really did it in for me was she took a sip on her drink out of a straw. She was drinking out of straws this whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) And it reminded me of exactly the same thing as Michael Sarah drinking that Capri Sun in This Is The End (laughs) while he's getting a BJ and a rim job at the same time in the bathroom. And uh, yeah, dude, her face just, it, it was that straw sip, but then like, then it really clicked of like, oh my God, if she didn't have long hair, she has a Michael Sarah face. Yeah, I will. I definitely hadn't put that together, but I feel like now I'm not going to be able to unsee it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it was pretty brutal. Now I kind of need her to probably just get killed off, so I'm not distracted by that. I don't know why they were doing that with her sipping out of so many straws. It was like a subliminal thing that was happening in my head. I, I, I definitely think... noticed multiple scenes, multiple different kinds of cups. She had a straw through the top of a water bottle. Like he yeah. put a hole in the top of a water bottle lid and the straw went through the hole. I was like, man, she's really all about these straws. I think it's interesting because it's like that sound of you slurping a drink where you're taking a sip with a straw and there's nothing left. And it's just like that gargling sound. <laughs> is like nails on a chalkboard. And I think it's like a diabolical thing that the the producers of the show or directors doing where it's like, have yeah, her always doing something that's like grinding your gears as a viewer. Cause she, but she is doing it as a character to the other characters too. Like she's definitely doing it to be like, to drive her condescending point, whatever she's making at the time home. Yeah. 
Dude, she is. Let's hold on her. Let's go to the boys for a second because the episode ends with Stormfront and Homelander. So we'll we'll end it there. But let's just cover the boys stuff. Uh, Butcher is like he's in this sort of haze of him and Becca breaking up or he can't get his wife back. So he goes to like he's fully suicidal from a just giving up point. Yeah. He go, he does the classic TV show movie thing of purposely getting his ass kicked in some heavy metal bar. Oh, that's like so classic. Yeah, that's such a Ryan Atwood, Tim Riggins move. So, exactly. It's yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> and then there's always, I love those scenes. They're the best because the only way that they can show the audience that this person is doing this like in a fucked up way for therapy is because they have him like as he's bleeding and about Smile. to pass out. Yeah. Little little smirk. Yeah. <laughs> like this is what I wanted. I wanted to get yes. my ass kicked because I deserve it. So fucked up. Yeah. So he he's he's definitely like he, he doesn't want to actually go commit suicide, but he just doesn't he just doesn't really feel like doing anything anymore. He just wants to give up. Yeah. But Huey can Huey talks to him on the phone and can tell shit's not going right for him. So Yeah, I, I think um I'm liking the chemistry that's starting to build between Huey and Butcher I feel like and even the mom went on this long or the aunt whoever she was she went on this long soliloquy about like how Butcher like really needs like a level-headed like calm person at his side because he's such like a hair trigger I'm gonna like want to beat some ass to solve every issue versus like using your head yeah and the big reveal was that that person in his life used to be his younger brother Lenny who apparently looked somewhat like Huey mm-hmm. and is now dead. We don't know how he died or what happened. We also know that Butcher has no relationship slash hates his parents. And yep. so there's probably something going on there. I feel like that's more to come there in the next few episodes in terms of Butcher's backstory. Um, all right. Should we just go to the end? Oh, no. Let, let's finish the boys. So yeah. they the, the Black Noir comes and he's like going to kill Butcher, Huey, and M.M., and then, like, in this whole fight or whatever, Butcher, who's going to get shredded by Black Noir, and same with anyone, he uses his brains and then, like, gets him to not kill him because he's like, look, dude, I got pictures of Homelander raping my wife and his illegitimate son. If you fucking kill me or any of my friends, then I'm going to out this to the public, and then you're really fucked. It's like, boom, right? worked. And it worked, and he definitely did not have those pictures. No. Um, full full bluff um but yeah it was black noir was wearing a camera that was going straight to gus frank which is yep. why you were saying before he's basically a robot yep. obeying commands which again not very batman-esque but i know that's that is kind of a letdown because batman is like the most dynamic of all the dc heroes obviously by far yeah how, how was he not flushed out more in this show or do you think this show was just saying like we don't need that. This show is not about Batman being way more dynamic than everyone else. So just make honestly, him shit. I, yeah, I honestly, I think I'm thinking maybe since a Batman's awesome, um, but B because he's not really a superhero. Like he doesn't have superpowers other than like he's an awesome detective and super smart. I think that really they just took the shape, like the outline of his costume. And that's the only thing they used. Yeah. That he's in the shadows, kind that of. It's like, yeah. So they've got, as you point out before, Maeve very much has the Wonder Woman general costume. 
Yeah. Um, the Deep has Aquaman's costume, but they have way more in common with those superheroes, whereas Black Noir just generally kind of has the outline of Batman and then nothing else in common with them at all. Yeah, because he doesn't wear a cape, Black Noir. And to your point, all the other superheroes match. I mean, Homelander to Superman is like one-to-one. Like you said, Wonder Woman, one-to-one, Aquaman, all of it is. So it is weird. I, I, I think it had to be a strategic move of like, yes, we want him to kind of remind you of Batman, but we do not want it to be... Because once right. you start bringing Batman, Batman in, doesn't really just, fit this world, so no, we're going to kind of just avoid it. Yeah. He's too dynamic. He's too dynamic of like a story and a superhero to where the whole time you'd be like, you. I think you'd lose a lot of the Homelander story, just like Superman loses a lot of the why he's cool whenever you bring Batman around. He's just more dynamic. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of comics, did you know? Fun fact: in the comics, all of the boys they get compound V and they take compound V and they themselves become superheroes. And that's why when they're like battling the soups, it's like more of an even battle because they now superpowers too. And the show just decided to not take that wrinkle in and keep them the boys with no powers. I hope they stay that route. And it definitely seems like they will because butcher has complete and utter disgust towards the superpowers. So I feel like, they're never going to go that direction. But I could see I could see a scenario where like one of them does or someone does in a last-ditch effort to do something, like Frenchie or something. Yeah, he takes it as like a, he's, he's like going to sacrifice himself and he's going right. to, yeah. Yeah, Frenchie's the only one I could see them Plus potentially Plus his, his lady, his, he's got the, the love interest with Kimiko, has already had it done to her. So maybe he'll do it to like try to um, be on her level try to connect with her yeah i was i gotta say i was really invested in the kamiko frenchie relationship in season one and they've had the story kind of linger in season two but it's move their relationship is moving at like a snail's pace and i'm just like all right communicate with each other she still isn't speaking and like she only knows sign language and he won't learn sign language. So yeah. with that storyline, I'm like, look, I love Kamiko. She's the best. She got way hotter in season two than she was <laughs> in season one, by the way. Like, let's move a needle here with this love story or just stop it and get it out of my life. But like, it, it's just dragging that love story. I'm totally dragging. with you. I, that's a good point that I, I hadn't thought to bring up. But I the last two episodes, the only scenes that I didn't care about were the scenes with Kamiko and Frenchie have them get for, together for straight episodes. I just, I, but they were the only scenes where I was like, all right, I'm going to check my phone. Yeah. All this is on. Just don't Share really a kiss. Nothing's happening. Maybe a peepee touch one, just wake like me, wake one. me up when they're touching peepees. Yeah. Wake me up. So, um, let's go to the end though. Um, cause honestly, I don't want to spend any more time on Kamiko and Frenchie until there are some peepee touches. So the end, let's start playing a song. Cause it was a great song for the end of this episode. And while this song is playing, we get the most violent sexual encounter between two people of all time where Homelander and Stormfront just start doing that classic thing in movies where it's like, I fucking hate you so much. Oh, but now I'm horny as fuck. Let's do it.
rough sex on steroids because they're immortal superheroes. <laughs> yeah, and what t- really turned him on was at the beginning of that sex scene, she's like, fucking do it. And she's yeah. talking about him using his lasers, and he's yeah. like, no, that'll cut you in half. Been waiting to get to this big time. I mean, yeah. the, the fact that they're actually, it's part of a weird sex scene, and like the fact that the two of them are hooking up is a pretty big twist and so a pretty big plot point and like the whole dynamic is interesting and wild i think it kind of hides the fact that they were not sure if anyone could survive those laser eyes yeah he thought he thought when he lasered her he was going to kill her and it didn't so how many other superheroes could survive that could mave like or could could black noir who has shown to have super hearing or healing or uh kamiko same deal so definitely something to be aware of because as of right now, understandably, that's pretty much like he's pretty lazy. Homelander's a lazy fighter. <laughs> he just kind of, he just kind of throws on the laser eyes and yeah. So if that doesn't kill whoever he's fighting, things just got a little interesting. Yeah. So we think there's going to be a Mave Homelander standoff, but this showed me there. Even though Homelander and Stormfront are going to be on the same kind of evil team. I feel like there could be a battle between them now and we actually have a real formidable physical battle with for him for the first time in his life. I would not be surprised if the twist at the end of the season or a twist is that somehow quicker than we see coming Homelander uh, and Stormfront turn on each other because she definitely, she definitely isn't trying to like be his partner. (laughs) She's no, she's definitely playing him. Like she's hooking up with him as a chess move for sure. Question, are we ever going to get that scene like we had in Game of Thrones where like that Melisandre, that redheaded lady, the fire queen or whatever, mm-hmm. um, where she was old as fuck and she uh, like was living forever? Are we ever going to get that scene where like Stormfront takes off the quote unquote Game of Thrones necklace and reveals a 300 year old lady underneath? I'm going to say, A, I pray to God we don't. One was enough on that, and B, I really don't think so. I think the superpowers is different than the magic because this is science. You got to remember. Yeah, we're getting I'm into magic. Science, it's not magic. <laughs> we're getting magic versus superhero science. Yeah. Um, last question. Let's do a mid-season pulse check. Are we right. MVP wise? If we had to give a, a mid-season report card, we're still saying Homelander on that. I mean, he's still definitely my favorite character, but I think it depends on kind of what, how you're framing the question, because I think in terms of who's winning the season right now, like in the world of the show, it's Stormfront. Like she has kind of taken shit over. So she's really churning those storylines out herself. Yeah. And it can't be anyone on the boys because shit's not going too well for them. No, I would say it's actually been much more uh, soup driven on the storylines this season than on the boys. Like the first season, I thought it was, we got more of a percent of overall screen time from the boys. And I feel like it's been flipped this year. I think they're probably from a writing perspective, it's harder to keep the focus kind of the, or like the balance the way it was in season one, because in season one, it was all about Huey just like discovering this world, like the underbelly of the superheroes and everything. And, he and even Butcher were still like kind of unknown quantities to Homelander and everybody. But once they are like fugitives from the law and from the superheroes, it's like, there's not a whole lot 
they can do. They're just mm. kind of in hiding. Yeah. So they can't just be like in the world interacting with too many things. I think so. that's why we're leading up to like a Mave team up with the boys yeah. towards the end of the season to get yeah. them more involved. So they can be back at least on like a level footing from the perspective of like they can live in their own houses potentially. Or something yeah. Like they that. don't have to be on the run. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Do you have any big theories for where it's heading other than, yeah, you know, we've already talked about, we think that there's that Mave and Homelander are headed for crossroads I and mean, that potentially teaming up with the boys. I think shit's going to start happening and I really just am so curious what they're going to do with the Stormfront thing because yeah. I'm 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 de- I've in my head I've convinced myself I know what's going to happen with Maeve. I know she's going to form a group whether she includes the boys or not, I don't know, but I know she's going to form a group against Homelander. We've been saying that since episode 1 on on this podcast. I'm good there. I'm I'm just still it's such a question mark to me on how the Stormfront thing goes like i don't know if she's gonna battle homelander still or if they're gonna team up and like try and demolish the whole world like See, I, I think don't that know. it's my guess right now is that i think the show is going to lean into even more of the like the political side of it like I, I think that they've really started to break off homelander and stormfront as the alt-right kind of side of things where she's got the the hardcore racism shit going on and then they're already like somewhat subtly moving Maeve, Maeve over because she's now obviously a little more liberal <laughs> oh, yeah. friendly. But yeah. she's now she's the gay character, and, and she became she's a little more liberal in the last yeah <laughs> couple of episodes. And, and she's going to be the one spearheading that side of the group. So I, I, I think that they're going to really kind of lean into that. And I do think that by the end of the season. Homelander and Stormfront, like Homelander is going to see through everything Stormfront's doing in terms of manipulating him. Yeah. So I think he's going to be backed into this like PR corner where. Uh, now that you're saying all this, I'm kind of now feeling like he's going to be the one to kill her because there's going to be a quick like tide turn to where like the public is starting to shift more into Maeve's camp and he's going to have like a, a decision to make of like, okay. I can keep on this path with Stormfront, but like the tide started to turn and, a, and the public's starting to go against her. Now I need to flip back over to Maeve's yeah. side just for PR sake and he kills Stormfront. Yeah, I definitely think he's going to have to... Because um, no one else can kill her. So, yeah, do it. He makes her take the fall for both of them. Right, yeah, yeah. And now he's like, all right, fuck, I'm not going down with this ship. See ya, it was actually yeah. her idea the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm... Yeah. I love that this is week to week so I can think about this stuff and theorize. Right. I love doing that with uh, Game of Thrones and stuff in the past, True Detective, any shows like that. And with some of those shows, I, I go read articles and like Reddit and stuff like that. I haven't done that with this. So I've just fully don't like I have no outside influences and I'm just trying to figure it out on my own. It's, yeah. It's so I much think fun that's to be best. doing it again. Thrones. Look. I do the same thing with Bachelor. I know that <laughs> I know that you disagree, but the thing with Bachelor is that actually has all the spoilers out there. So if I yeah. could go on Reddit and Reality Steve Twitter and like find out all the spoilers, but I don't like doing it. It's like, hey, just live in the moment. We don't have many shows that we can go week by week anymore. So yeah. I've had to threaten you. Just fuck it. I've had to threaten you of spoiling The Bachelor before so that you <laughs> yeah. stop talking about it. <laughs> so I'd stop theorizing on yeah. On why Dude. Luke P is losing out to Luke M. <laughs> if, you, if you talk about any Lukes the rest of the night, I'm going to look up the spoilers and I'm going to tell you. 
Yeah, let's end it there. Let's end it on a bachelor note. Bachelor note, absolutely. We, we feel like we've got a very solid, like, all right, we're through all the setting up the rest of the season. We're through episode five, and now boom, 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 six, seven, eight episodes starting next week. Uh, we're both theorizing we're going to have some shit really some real to pop fireworks off. coming. Yeah. All right, dude. Good stuff. Good stuff. And uh, well, you get your kids are taking naps right now, right? For probably about the next eight minutes. Well, for the next eight minutes, kids, we're also going to tell you to take some naps and sleep tight. And Zerb, what are we going to tell this, kids? Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Do way less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.